One day, it was one day as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down. One day, as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down. I don't know if he was sitting like this, but he was sitting up on the mountainside. And he started to talk to them about things that weren't necessarily going to make them happy. But he did know that it was going to make them holy, which is essentially to be Christ-like. And he started talking to them about things that were not just, you know, things he's always covered maybe, but things that were important, things that were kingdom-type things. Not kingdom of earth things, kingdom of heaven things. And he goes off for two chapters, Matthew chapter 5 and through 7. If you want to know what it means to be holy and please God... Read Matthew's, Matthew 5 through 7. He starts out this big, long soapbox with the first several verses of Matthew chapter 5. We call them the Beatitudes, which simply means more than happy. And he talks to them about what it means to, to please God. And he, he, he gives weight and value to things that many of us don't value and give weight to. At least I don't. And he tells them during this conversation with them, he essentially is telling them that what God wants to do in them and through them is more valuable than what they want God to do for them. He's explaining to them that what God wants to do in them and through them, the disciples that he's talking to while he's sitting What God wants to do in them and through them, because some of them were going to die. They were going to be martyred for their faith. What God wanted to do in them and through them is more important than what they wanted God to do for them. That's what this series is about, and that's what our life is about. It's not about being happy. God doesn't value happy the way we value happy. If you're new today, God doesn't value happiness over holiness he values holiness over happiness he values what he wants to do in you and through you more than what you want him to do for you and Jesus explains a couple of the beatitudes the last couple of weeks if you weren't here and he lands on this one today this is the third beatitude and he says blessed which means more than happy are those who are meek For they will inherit the earth. It's an interesting word, meek. Many of us, when we hear this word meek, we think weak. People that are meek are weak in our thinking. We think things like, not only that they're weak, but that people that are meek don't have a backbone. That they're a pushover. They're shy or they're mousy. They're timid or they're passive. We value that 
meekness as weakness because we see someone who needs to stand up for themselves. Tell them what you think. We see someone who's standing there just going off on someone and there's this tirade and they're saying things they shouldn't say or they're doing things they shouldn't do. And we look at that person and and whether we want to admit it or not, there's a part of us that thinks you are weak for sitting there and taking that. Jesus says no. They're not weak. They're meek. And blessed are the meek. For they are under control. And teachable. And patient. And gentle. Which we totally undervalue in our society. Gentleness is a weakness, we think. It's weak. Jesus says, no, it's not. We don't value happy-go-lucky. They're not taking their job seriously. And Jesus says, tranquil is another meaning for meek. Untroubled. Well, they don't care. No, they care. They're not worried because they're trusting in God. There's that word again. Let's read it. Under. I don't like that word. And true joy. I share that with you and I stay there for just a minute because if we, if we define meek as what many of us think, weak, no backbone, pushover, shy, mousy, timid, passive, we won't even strive to achieve meekness, or which we're going to talk about that we can't really achieve it that way, but we won't even, we won't even go down the path or the road of meekness because we view it as weakness, and meekness is the opposite of weakness. You know that person that doesn't say anything when you go off on them and you think of them as weak and they just say there and they blank stare look at you and you think, don't you have something to say? Aren't you going to give it back to me? And we think they're weak. And really, they have God's power under control in their lives and we put it in the category of weakness and God says no that's meekness they've got power my power they have thoughts they just don't say them and I share that with you today because if we're not careful this will be our least favorite message because it's the hardest one to hear at least it's the hardest one for me to preach And we'll miss this one because most of us stink at this. It doesn't matter whether you're good at this or bad at this. This is what pleases the Lord. Ephesians 5.10. Find out what pleases the Lord. Another translation says, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Jesus says in Matthew 5-7, through this is what pleases me. Yeah, hey, what do I need to get my nephew for Christmas, I don't even know what he wants. What does he want? 
with, you know, $20 or less? What does he want? Because I don't know what he wants. We spend time finding out what people want, what they want for Christmas, what they want for birthdays. What can I do to surprise this person? What can I do to please this person? We spend more time doing that than we do finding out what God wants. What does God want? Matthew 5 through 7 is what God wants. Read it. I need to read it more. Read Matthew 5 through 7. It's what pleases the Lord. Meekness is God's power under control in our lives. What we're going to talk about today to to release some of the tension, none of us are capable of what we're going to talk about today without God. So as you hear this and you're like, man, I could never do this. The answer to that is yes, none of us can do it without God. But all things are possible with God. Meekness has a unique shape to it. The shape of the meek is very unique. As a youth pastor, I would tell adults and, and tell myself, we pay attention to the kids that are behavioral issues. We pray, pay attention to the kids that are talented. And there's these other kids, and if you're a teacher, you know this, or you're an employee who cares about their employer, employees, or just somebody in general who is just a caring person. There are people in schools and in churches and all over the world that slip through the cracks. They're not talented at anything. They're not causing any problems. They're just kind of somewhere in between and they walk in and out of church. They walk in and out of, out of school. They walk in and out of your life and we miss them. And meekness is the same way. If we're not careful, we'll miss meekness. We'll label it something else and we won't really see that what we just witnessed was meekness. The shape of the meek is very unique, and if we're not careful, we'll miss it, or we'll mislabel it, or we'll devalue it. That's why I'm staying here so long. We don't talk, this subject's never talked about, other than if you're going to cover a beatitude. It's not talk, we don't talk about it. There's a shape to being meek. That's what you need to know, but how do we do that? What are the action steps? Seven steps to weight loss. Seven steps to financial freedom. I have five steps to being meek. It starts with seek. We have to seek the Lord with all our heart. That's kind of a big step. And the reason I share that with you today is, if we're seeking to be meek, we're going to stay weak. Did you catch that? If we're seeking to be meek, we're going to stay weak. But if we seek the Lord with all our heart, all these things he will give us. So if we're seeking something and it's not the Lord, we're going to end up short. But if we seek the Lord with all our heart and any subject that you can pick, if we seek the Lord, the byproduct of seeking the Lord are the fruits of the Spirit and these Beatitudes. So step one, seek the Lord a specific way with all your heart. 
Jeremiah says, you will seek me and find me when you look for me a specific way. You seek me with all your heart. Let's read that. You will seek me and find me when you seek me. Seek Jesus for meekness. Don't seek to be meek. Seek Jesus to be meek. And we have to humbly, I hate this next word, and quietly submit to the Lord. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. There's where I'm at, and there's what God says. Meekness in its maturest form. The Bible talks about sin in its most mature form. You know, the beginning of sin is curiosity. We see that in the Garden of Eden when when Eve is curious and Adam are curious. That's the beginning. That's the infancy of sin. We've seen sin in its most maturest form, in the form of Adolf Hitler and all kinds of evil that can take place. But when I want to I paint a picture of what meekness looks like in its maturest form. And let me just say this right now so I'm not hypocritical. I'm not that. I'm not, I'm not what I'm getting ready to tell you. But as a pastor and as a teacher, my job isn't to be perfect at everything I teach about. My job is to teach the truth. My job is not to be perfect. There's no perfect person, by the way. At everything that I'm teaching about, my job is to teach the truth. So meekness in its maturest form looks like when God tells you to do something, like don't say that, don't act like that. Don't go where they're going. We don't even argue. Okay, God. That's the maturest state of meekness according to what I've read. It's humbly and quietly being okay with being misunderstood and and perceived as weak. You're okay with it because you're not trying to gain someone's approval. You're trying to gain God's. It's humbly and quietly Submitting to the Lord. It's humbly and quietly submitting to the Lord. That's the maturest form. None of us are there always. I get it. But I'm painting a picture of what it looks like in its maturest form. Listen to this. Humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. Humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, we need to remember this scripture, we're going to come back to it later, at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. James says, submit yourselves then to God. Do we see a pattern in every sermon that we've preached from this series? Humility is just laced throughout this whole thing. And why is that? Because we are not naturally bent towards what Jesus is talking about in this series. That's why he spent this long time talking about it because the disciples didn't get it and we don't get it without God because it's not stuff we're naturally inclined to do. Submit yourselves then to God. How do we, what are the steps to being meek? Seek the Lord 
humbly and quietly submit to the Lord. And here's the one where I'm going to get a standing ovation. You guys are just going to be so excited about this one. Are you ready? I mean, calm yourself. Accept corrections. You guys are so into that. (laughs) Try it again. Accept corrections. Kids, adults, whoever, if you ignore criticism, Solomon, wisest man that ever lived, you will end in poverty and disgrace. If you accept correction, you will be honored. We're going to come back to this later, so remember this. If you accept correction, you will be honored. Peyton Manning, I went to a conference and he was simulcast in and he shared, he was talking about, it was, the conference was on leadership. And they said until the day that he retired, he had people that were critiquing his craft. Because he wasn't, he said this, he goes, I didn't care about that they saw a flaw in me. I wanted to get better. Just about every Sunday, I will ask different guys, what can I do better? Here's some of the things I've heard over this time when I've asked this. Jim has told me once, you pull up your pants too much when you're talking. You need to stop pulling at your pants. Steve told me the other day, you walk clear over here, and instead of looking at these people, you walk clear over here, and you're talking to these people over here. My wife told me last week, you're making me dizzy because you're walking around so much. That's why I'm not doing that today. Steve told, or Adam told me, last service, you stayed on this one point too long. After I told him to shut up, I started thinking about it. Here's why. I mean this sincerely. The reason why I subject myself to their meanness. No, I'm teasing. Because I want to get better. I don't, want, I, don't want, I don't want weaknesses of mine to keep me from being able to communicate. As, that's my craft. Accept correction cheerfully. Now, here's what you got to know. I don't ask everybody. I ask people that I trust, that I know will tell me the truth in love. Now, I don't take correction from everybody, but I need to accept correction. I'll get off this point in a minute. You have people in your life that love you and you know it and they're trying to tell you something and you're not listening to it. Because at the end of that sentence, you've got a different adjective other than cheerfully. You can put that adjective there. I think you know what I'm saying. Accept correction cheerfully. That's how we become meek. Practice restraint regularly. Aren't these great points? We just love these. The other, well, I don't know. This one the other day, several years ago. I've been here 14 years, I think. 
in August. Jim's been here 34. We're going to celebrate that. You're going to start hearing about uh, just the celebration we're going to do for Jim here. He's retiring in a few weeks. We can't talk him out of it. And he told me this story however long ago, and I've always remembered it. I wish I could say I've always applied it. But it was about his dad. And his dad actually has a different personality than Jim had. And Jim told this story about his dad practicing restraint. I want you to hear it. My dad was not a person that uh, let people walk on him, okay? The summer that I was 12, there was a conflict came up between him and our hired man to the point where my dad had to have a hard conversation and say, I'm going to have to let you go. A hired man did not receive that peacefully, okay? So one day I was with my dad and we were in the pickup and we were on the place where the hired man lived. And he came out of the house and started walking toward the pickup. So dad rolled down his window and the hired man lit into him with a tirade of cussing and saying terrible things that I was just shocked. I suppose that went on for about 10 minutes and my dad just sat there. The hired man turned around and started to leave and dad called him by name and said, you've got some more on your chest. You might as well get rid of it now. So he came back and unloaded another 10 minutes. (laughs) And still my dad just sat there. And then got done and we drove off. I don't recall that we really talked about it. What I remember is how my esteem for my dad grew in that moment because that was not a natural reaction for him and I knew that. I knew that that restraint and that calmness was given to him by the Spirit of God for that moment. That's good. And I, I tell you the truth, when we left that, I knew who had won that conflict. That's good. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, go ahead. You can clap. To give you an image of what that looks like, think of a horse that's rippling with muscles. It's strong. Because we think of the meek as weak. Jesus said they're strong. When we are weak, we are. When we are weak, we are strong. When we are weak... God makes us strong, which makes us meek. Think of a horse that's rippling with muscles, but also submissive to the rider's pull on the rope. Now, if your dad had Jim's, if if Jim's dad had Jim's personality, it would be a, it would be a. Okay, that's Jim. He's, he's, you know, gentle and mild. But as you shared, that's not your dad's nature. I say that for this reason. Some of us think this sermon is for people who are gentle by nature. And those of us who are bold by nature, this message is for somebody else. It's for all of us. James didn't write this for those who are naturally gentle. He wrote it for everyone. Understand this, church. That's why he calls them brothers and sisters. You must be quick to talk. Quick to... 
some of the marriage struggles and relationship struggles and family struggles and employee-employer struggles and the struggles we have in life and the struggles we have in our country and the struggles we have in politics and the struggles we have with Republicans and Democrats and the struggles we have in schools and the struggles that we have with any situation come back to the fact that no one listens Everyone talks. And God says, whether you're an atheist or you're a Christian, the, princ- the principles work. Everyone needs to be quick to listen. I didn't say I'm always good at it. I'm just telling you what James said. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to slow to speak. Why hasn't he say anything? Just say something. Would you just do something? Why doesn't she say something? Why don't they do anything? They're not weak. They're meek. You're weak. You think they're weak? God says, according to this, you're weak. They're being strong. They're not saying anything because they don't know what to do or they don't know what to say or they don't want to create any more drama. They're just standing there because they're quick to listen and they're slow to speak. And your tirade or your situation, you're thinking they're not doing anything. They're doing plenty because on the inside they're saying, gosh. And we devalue what I'm talking about because we value boldness. We don't value quiet. That's why we have to have a gizmo all the time. We we don't like quiet. We don't know what to do with silence. This kingdom stuff's hard. And slow to get angry. This one, this has served, served a lot of people well. I use this when in tense situations. And I didn't come up with it. Solomon did. And a lot of people before me used it. My dad's good at it. I've watched a lot of people in my life use this. You can always diffuse chaos with gentle responses. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but being a drama queen stirs up anger. Uh Uh-oh. Pastor Noel George, a friend of mine, he preached a sermon on the sin of sophistication, a.k.a. drama. Drama queen. Instead of just saying the facts, you want to dramatize it more. And it stirs up anger. But a gentle answer turns away wrath. I better not stay here too long. Adam told me last service I stayed too long on this one. I want to accept correction cheerfully. (laughs) A gentle answer turns away wrath. Last thing I'm going to say about this. It's not what you say. It's how you say it. You're not getting anywhere with your child. It's not what you say. You're not getting anywhere with your husband or you're not getting anywhere with your wife or you're not getting anywhere in some relationship or whatever else. It may not be what you're saying. It's how, you, how you're saying it. 
gentle. And when we do that, when we seek God and he gives us meekness, we can't seek meekness. When we seek God, he gives us meekness and it gives us peace. What does that look like? This is what this looks like. You're in traffic. You cut somebody off or they cut you off. And when they go by, they wave at you and tell you you're number one. And I'm not talking about being a champion. And you're meek and you have God's peace. And you're okay with them thinking you're weak because you didn't wave your number one back. You just kind of stood there. And you get through that and you don't have that temptation because you're full of God's peace. Does that make sense? You're going to misinterpret my meekness is weakness, and I'm okay with that because God knows you don't have to. Endure hardships with joy, fun. Endure hardships with joy. Dear brothers and sisters, he keeps talking to the church. Why does he need to tell the church that? They're followers. You'd think he'd say, dear world. He doesn't say that. He says, dear church. What's that mean? None of the people in the church are perfect either. Or he wouldn't need to tell us. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, it doesn't say if, it says when, Troubles of any kind come your way. Consider it an opportunity to complain and create drama and be ugly and nasty and cause all kinds of problems because this stinks. Consider it a great opportunity for joy because the testing of your faith develops perseverance because I'm more concerned with holy than I am happy. Don't you get it? That's why you consider it great joy because I'm all about holy. I'm not about happy. I don't like what I'm saying either, but I'm trying to be honest to what this is saying. Jesus takes kingdom and flips it upside down. The first will be last. The last, the one who falls through the cracks, the one who no one notices when they do good deeds and they don't brag about it to people, they're going to be first. People say things about you, everybody else is holding grudges, you turn the other cheek because you're kingdom. You see, the shape of the meek is very, very, very unique. And if we're not careful, we'll miss it or we'll override them, or we'll label it something it's not. And when we stand before God, we're focused on all these other things, and God's like, you weren't teachable, you weren't tranquil, you didn't listen, you had your way instead of my way. Seek the Lord with all your heart. Humbly and quietly submit to the Lord. Here's what you got to do. This is what I got to do. You have people in your life that it's hard to submit to them. Everybody say amen at once. One, two, three. Woo! Amen. It's hard to submit to them because they're not gentle. But here's where we can submit to them. Ephesians 5.27 says, Submit to one another out of reverence for 
Christ. What's that mean? It's hard to submit to them. I agree. But out of reverence to my relationship with Christ, this is what it says. Out of reverence, out of my relationship with Christ, I submit to you. I submit my tongue. I submit my actions. Out of reverence for Christ. Humbly and quietly submit to the Lord. Accept correction cheerfully. Practice restraint. How often? And endure hardships. Some of us are in some hardships right now. And I know it's not easy to hear this. And I just want to be real with you. I'm teaching the word, but I understand it. It's really hard to have joy in the middle of stuff. But I've seen people do it. Jim, have you seen people do it? Some of us who've been around this church, you've seen people do it. And I know some people that are going through some stuff right now, and I'm watching them do it. It's possible through Jesus. Jesus said, blessed are the meek, for they get a reward, which is to inherit the earth. Now, here's what this means. We get God's favor when we're meek. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not preaching prosperity. If we do what God wants us to do, we're going to be rich. But as I was reading this, I'm reading my notes off the back screen there. Meekness promotes wealth, comfort, and safety, according to Matthew Henry, the commentator. Terry guy. When you study the Greek and the translation of this, when we're consistently meek, it promotes wealth, comfort, and safety. What are you saying? I, I'm meek and I'm going to be rich? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that's what that says. I don't know what that means. That's what that says. Just, I'm, just, I'm just a messenger. You remember those scriptures we just read? Hang on, I'm not done. I got some more nuggets left. You're wrapping up. There's more here. There's more food if you want it. There's more spiritual food if you want it. That scripture we just read earlier. Humble yourselves under the power of God. Now let's look at the last part of that. When we humble ourselves, when we're meek, when we're lowly, when we're mild, when we're gentle. Let's read those yellow words. At the right time, he will lift you up. Solomon jumped in on it too. If you accept correction, remember we just read this earlier. We didn't focus on the last half of that. If you accept correction, let's read it. You will be honored. David, the lowly, translates meek or humble. They will possess the land. The land translates earth. Jesus said the meek will inherit the The lowly will possess the land and they have a promise coming to them too. Kind of the same pattern of these other ones. Let's read it. And will live in peace. More than happy are the meek for they will inherit the earth. Does God... I'm done now. This is question. Does God have permission to shape meekness into your life? As you're looking at that question on the wall there, over there and here, 
we have Play-Doh. Anybody like to play with Play-Doh? I do. The thing about Play-Doh is not, not old or crusty Play-Doh. That's hard to shape. But good Play-Doh, is, it's shapeable. It's teachable. That's how meekness happens in us is we allow God to shape and form it in us. I went up to our secretary this week. She's awesome. And I said, Veronica, Play-Doh. She goes, okay. I said, I didn't even tell you what I know you need it for Sunday, right? Yeah. How many do you need? I said, I need like 350. She went to the Dollar Tree and got a bunch of them. And Cheryl, where's Cheryl at? Cheryl printed 350 labels, stuck them on each one of these. Matthew 5, 5, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Put this somewhere in your purse, on your nightstand. I probably need to put it in my pocket so I'll remember more often. And every time you're tempted to do something other than meek, may it serve as a reminder that we are to be shaped by God. Let's stand together. Does God have permission to shape meekness in your life. If you would humor me for just a second, if you, if you grab Plato, would you just take it out? Take that Plato out? And if you'll notice that Plato, every all of them have the same shape. That, that's kind of how we're born. We're born with the same shape. It's called sin. And would you just take that shape and make a different shape out of it? I don't care how you do it. You can roll it in a ball. You can make it flat. Just make the, make the shape something else. That's what walking with Jesus is. He takes our shape and he makes his shape. And one piece of his shape is meekness. So may you this week maybe even five minutes from now. Somebody does or says something to you and the pride in you wants to well up and say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing, may you quietly let God shape your tongue. Let God shape your thoughts. Let God shape your actions because the shape of the meek very unique may the Lord bless you and keep you may the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you may the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace